0: If you like the video make sure to like, subscribe, and comment. For more videos like this, people have read it, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? When I was 12 or so, my family went camping at a campground in the Shenandoah Valley. Not the middle of nowhere but kind of an isolated mountain town. I went to take our dog for a walk out on a trail at the edge of the campground with some pretty dense woods all around. My dog suddenly froze and wouldn't budge, right as I heard some rustling in the woods behind me. I spun around to see some random, middle-aged guy emerged from the trees and began to approach me. I was too surprised to really react, and my dog was super old at that point so he didn't do much other than freeze. Then the guy goes, hey, this is going to seem like a weird question, but could you come back to my cabin and help me cut my hair? I can't see the back of my neck and could really use your help. I quickly said something like no sorry, my parents are waiting on me for dinner so I should get going. He just shrugged and walked back into the woods. I made it back to our campsite safely and told my parents. I had thought maybe he was a campground employee, but only after my parents' reaction did I realize how weird the interaction was. They immediately went to the campground staff and told them what happened. They searched the campground but never found the guy. I still get goosebumps thinking about it. In college one weekend, I crashed at a friend's house and woke up early in the morning, 7 a.m. or so. I decided to walk five minutes back to my dorm to get some more sleep in my own bed. As I got close to my dorm, I noticed a man following me. No one else is out walking. He doesn't look college aged either. I start fast walking to the front door. It was after the night security guard, aka paid students, left so there was no one at the door. I still had to swipe my ID card to get in and he was very close behind me. I swipe my card and he sneaks in before the door fully closed and relocked. I bolted up the one flight of stairs to my floor and down a 80 foot hallway to my room. As I fumbled with my keys I saw the man under the walkway, looking left and right to see where I went. I slipped in my room and locked my door. I didn't fall back asleep that morning. I have a few, but I will share a time I believed my life was in danger. My sister was alive in Nanny for a wealthy couple in an upscale suburb. She got kidney stones and asked if I could cover for her because I had experience with babysitting and I could stay with her when she was sick. I went to help. These people were really out there, but it was only for a few days. The mother went to a concert with her girlfriend that night. The father didn't live there because they were separated. I had literally just met them. There was a 7-year-old boy and twin 4-year-olds, a boy and a girl. These poor kids had issues because a lot was going on. They were in bed and my sister and I were in her room watching TV when we heard a loud noise coming from downstairs. We go to check things out and my sister found that a big piece of wood that blocked the basement door had been pushed in. We have the lights on, doors locked and we call the police. The 7-year-old heard the noise and he was scared. I told my sister to take him upstairs and I would wait for the police. I grabbed a knife for the block and I waited downstairs alone for the police to show up. It took about 10 minutes, but it felt like forever. I am not a violent person, but all I could think was that there were innocent kids upstairs and if someone attacked I needed to protect them. The police told us they didn't find anything and left. We couldn't get a hold of either parent this whole time. The next day, I was playing with the kids in the yard. I was pushing the twins on the swings when the seven-year-old said he found something cool and wanted to show me. It was a knife. I asked him if I could please see it. I didn't want to scare him. I take it inside and call the police. Unfortunately, I had to touch it to get it away from the kid. It wasn't a small knife and it was by the entrance to the basement. They never found the person. 1992. I'm 12 years old. My brother, 9 years old. Decides to call his friend on an old-style rotary phone yes we had one. When he picks up the receive there is no dial tone but a bubbling sound. He calls me over to listen and it sounds just like what I would imagine a witch's cauldron to sound like. Then a female voice, sounds just like the wicked witch of the west plus 30 years of heavy smoking, comes on and says, the next time you go walking I'm going to kill you. And then it repeats that over and over. I expected it was my mom playing a joke on the other phone. So I holler at her and say ha ha very funny mom. She comes out of her room from putting makeup on getting ready to go out. When I see her standing in the doorway, with my ear still to the receiver and that voice and bubbling. I do one of those Hollywood slow takes and look at the phone, back at her and throw the receive to the floor and start crying my eyes out. Of course this freaks her out too. This went on for a week, the police couldn't figure out what was happening, and the phone company couldn't explain it either. Best guess was someone was phone freaking us, but we never confirmed it. I never did die but I stopped walking by myself after that. Still gives me goosebumps. <laughs> 19-year-old college girl at South Plains College in Levelland, Texas, 1973. It was a cowboy college and I had my horse there with me, barn on campus, though I rode an English saddle. I was training for an endurance ride, had ridden Julia hard and was walking back to the bar to cool her off. I was in the middle of a cotton field on the turn row, kicked my feet out of the stirrups, reins on her neck, arms folded across my chest. She was walking along very relaxed, head down and bobbing when she lifted her head and looked behind us. I picked up my reins and stirrups and turned around in the saddle, and right behind me was powder blue rambler car with two men in it, looked like drunk scruffy painters, if you can visualize. I leaned forward in my saddle and we took off like a shot, ran all the way back to the barn with them chasing me. When I got to the barn, some other male students were there and I told them what happened and could they stay until I had walked my horse cool. For those that don't know, You do not water a hot sweaty horse, it will founder them and cripple their feet. They stayed while I cooled Julia, and we watched as they drove around campus looking. When Julia was put up, we all waited until the car was hidden by buildings and then we all jumped in our cars and scattered. I went straight to my dorm and hid. Never saw them again. Years later, two mass murderers were arrested, Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Toole. It was them, and my blood ran cold. At this time they were in Ringgold, Texas, and murdered a woman there also drove a powder blue rambler. Henry was an excellent mechanic and could make an engine purr, the reason he goes so close to us. Had he known much about horses, he would have honked the horn before Julia saw him, she would have jumped and I would have rolled right off of her. He was close enough I would almost hit the hood of the car. My beloved Julia saved my life that day. My mother developed cancer the next year and died, and I have thought often of how it would have destroyed my father to lose his wife and oldest daughter. From that day forth I want to know where my enemy is and what he is doing, wherever and whoever I perceive him to be. Stay safe out there. (laughs) Went on a road trip to move my sister from Philly PA to Austin TX, both female in our 20s. Our first stop for the trip was to stay the night in Nashville TN, we were running out of gas about one hour to our destination and stopped at a shell in the middle of nowhere. We got gas, closest station to the highway, and noticed that there was a discount liquor store next door, I wanted to get a bottle of wine to relax some that night after a long day of driving. We went in and noticed something was off immediately, almost like the store was a front. It had bottles that were old and random, it didn't seem like a real store, all the bottles had layers of dust on them or a film like they haven't been touched in years. My sister was suspicious and tried to make small talk to the guy who was questioning where we came from slash were going and trying to keep us in the store. Once we successfully made it back to the car she noticed the guy that was watching us the whole time, who initially was talking to the clerk when we arrived, was standing next to our car. We got in our car and he got in his, just staring at us. We pulled back into the Shell station and pretended we needed gas, but just filled up, and he pulled into the pump next to us and proceeded to get out. So at this point she bolted back into the car and we floored it out of there and the guy did the same following us. We didn't want to go on the highway and have him tail us so we went down the road to a different gas station that was more populated, had a Wendy's attached and full lot, and the guy chased us. We whipped in one side of the parking lot went around and quickly left another entrance where we luckily lost him. Took us a while to shake off the feeling something awful was going to happen and that we lost him for good. I am so scared of what could have happened without my sister who has really good instincts and could sense we needed to get out of the situation ASAP. Once we got to our Airbnb we looked at the credit card charge to find the name of the place I saw there was a picture of the owner, who was guy behind the counter, and the guy who chased us in a photograph. We left a Google review warning any young women to not stop there, ever. This is pretty tame compared to a lot of the stories in this thread but at the time it scared the shit out of me. I was out hiking one morning and passed a man on the trail. He was tall and lean with glasses, but I took note of him because he was acting like he was trying too hard to be inconspicuous or something, or maybe it was just instinct telling me something wasn't right. We passed on a bridge, and right after the bridge I had to climb a relatively tall hill that twisted and turned and was hard to get up. I kept looking over my shoulder but didn't see him at the bottom of the hill so I figured he had passed over the other side of the bridge and was on his way. Down the other side of the hill, the trail runs next to a river for the rest of the hike. It was a really beautiful view so I stepped off the trail to take a picture. I was off the trail for a minute, maybe two, just snapped a quick picture and stepped back on. When I stepped back on the trail the guy that I had passed was literally right behind me, like less than 50 feet away. He did a half step towards the bush when he saw me, almost like he was trying to step off the trail before I saw him, but awkwardly stopped when he realized I had spotted him. My heart literally stopped, and then started racing. There was no way he could have gotten up that hill behind me unless he sprinted up it or something, and I have no idea why he would do that. When we passed on the bridge the beginning of the trail was not far away, so unless he randomly decided to turn around right after passing me, sprinted up a hill for no reason, and then closely followed behind me without passing me for the entire rest of the hike, He should have gone to the end of the trail, turned around and been far behind me at that point. I had no idea what to do, and was pretty much defenseless. He and I were literally just staring at each other, and he started to take a few steps towards me. He wasn't menacing exactly, and not holding any weapons or anything, but the expression on his face was super weird, like he was concentrating really hard. Thank God at that exact moment a lady and her dog came around the corner and walked towards us. As soon as she passed me I immediately started following her, and past the guy who at that point was looking super awkward, but at the same time his eyes never left me as I passed him and I could feel him looking at me until the lady and I had passed out of sight. Literally speed walked all the way through the trail back to my car and looked behind me every 2 minutes to make sure he wasn't following me. Had a lot of scary experiences in my life, from situations I've gone through as a nurse to being robbed as a pharmacy tech when I was 18. By far the most raw terror I've felt was during the December 10, 2021 tornado outbreak in my area of Western KY was on the phone with my mom during the beginning of it, had begged her to go next door to my late grandpa's house to get in his basement for safety because the tornado was tracking their way. It went straight through my hometown, Dawson Springs. Knew it was heading right towards them. Dad was upstairs, was texting him begging him to get in the basement, and mom was in the basement with her dogs, all I hear is mom go oh. And then nothing. Call ended. I have never felt such a wash of absolute terror and hopelessness. I was convinced they were dead that the house had fallen in or been ripped up and they'd been sucked out by the tornado. Called each of their phones greater than 25 times before realizing cell towers were down. Managed to get a hold of a lady I work with that lives down their road, and she confirmed the tornado came through that road and that she was blocked in her driveway and couldn't get to my parents. It was coming my way and there was earlier storm damage so I couldn't get from my house in a different county to them, especially not with my puppy and more storms on the way. I went a solid three hours losing my mind and being utterly convinced they were dying or dead before my dad's best friend was able to get through to me and tell me that they made it to mom and dad and they were perfectly fine, just without cell service. I will never, as long as I live, forget how scared I was that night. I experienced the scariest party. Ironically, a Halloween party, 2016 or 2017. I, 10, 16, 1617 at the time, volunteered to be a chaperone for a scavenger hunt my mother held at night for my sister. 15, mistake number 1. I was supervising a different group when one of the objectives was to gather around a random car and take a picture. As we were wrapping up, one of the little shits I was supervising, 14M, was known to be an asshole, slams on the front door of a nearby house, causing all 10 to 12 of us to scatter in different directions. I ran with four others and eventually found my sister's group and stayed with them to help find the others. All of a sudden, we hear tires screeching and a gun pointed at us with a man screaming saying he was gonna shoot us. I immediately backed down an alley to hide and found the group again, and we decided to head back. When we got back, my sister's group had told everyone at home what happened and so police were called to look for the guy who did it. Eventually they find him and he gets put in jail. The second part to this party was when I actually had to fight my own dad. My dad wasn't exactly the best man at this time, he drank a lot, was voluntarily unemployed and just an all-around asshole. 20 minutes after what had happened with the gun thing, I was up in my room trying to let off steam and settle down when my mom and dad came in to check in on me. Now to this day I have no clue how it escalated this fast, but I remember my dad grabbing my mom's arms and pinning her to the wall and then I hopped out of bed and punched my father in the side of the head to get him to stop. He then turns on me, picks me up out of pure rage and just threw me on the bed, causing my bed frame to break. Three years after this, my father moved up north for good, and I am on limited face-to-face contact with him. He has improved since living up there, and has sent me gifts every Christmas, but those gifts doesn't heal the mental wounds from that night, and I still get nightmares to this day. This happened during the time on TikTok when Randonautica was super popular. If you needn't know what that is, it's basically an app that gives you random coordinates to a location that tends to have weird or bad energy using some kind of magnetic field GPS or something. Anyway me and two friends in our smallish town decided to go nodding and we got our first location when we drove to it it was one of my friends old dentist offices that had closed due to suspicious reasons. When we pulled up a very large doe was out front of the office as we approached the deer wouldn't move she just kept a dead stare at our car. She finally ran away and we walked around the dentist for a while and there were probably thousands of frogs I kid you not. Anyway, when we were done, we got our second location, and as we started driving to it, we were on a road going about 35 miles an hour when the same deer ran onto the road, barely missing our car. But the weird thing was when the deer ran by my car, the car completely fried. I slammed on the brake and the brakes wouldn't work. All the engine lights on my dashboard lit up and the car made a terrible noise. I had to pull off into the grass and was freaking out. I tried starting my car, but we looked over and the deer was still looking at us and it wouldn't start. But once the deer went back into the brush my car was magically fine again and started like nothing had happened. Finally on our last location when we were driving to it the point it had given us was a point right in the middle of the road we were pretty confused but drove to it anyway as we got closer to the point we saw a doe in the middle of the road. The point had led us right to that deer in the exact spot it was in. That app still freaks me out. I think I was probably 7 or 8 and shared a room with my twin sister. One night. We're in bed and our closet door starts opening on its own. The house we lived in was a rental and every closet had these cheap garbage aluminum folding doors that had tracks on the top and bottom, so they'd be difficult to open most of the time if you didn't pull directly from the middle of the door. But this night it seemed to be opening quietly, easily, all on its own. We both were just watching from the bed and, in retrospect I realize I was stuck in freeze mode, when my sister said she'd go get our dad since everyone else was in bed too. I was absolutely not about to stay in the room by myself waiting for whatever was about to come out. I had recently read the tale ipo, sp? and am still fucked up by how scary it is, so that's all I could think was about to come crawling out. We both ran into our parents' room and got our dad. When we came back in the room, the closet was closed. Our dad turned on the light and looked in the closet and there was nothing out of the ordinary. He didn't really believe us, thought it was a prank I guess, but just kind of chuckled and went back to bed. My sister and I both laid in bed staring at the closet and not speaking and we must have dozed off at some point because I remember waking up to the closet opening again. There was no deliberation this time, we just jumped out of bed and ran to get our dad again. Same thing, it was closed when we got back and there was nothing in it. We lived in that house for 20 years. That had never happened before or after. I've no idea what it was and frankly ghosts or something else spiritual are the only explanations I have. My sister vividly remembers this happening as well, thankfully, or else I'd swear it was a scary dream. In from August to November of last year, I basically had a massive episode of anxiety. Several years beforehand, back when I was in primary school, my life had basically been ruined by my crush after she was a dick to me, after everyone in my class told me I loved her, and then she took all my friends away. Laugh all you want, it's nothing new. Anyway, I had come to terms with all the people who bullied me at primary school. But the only person I hadn't come to terms with was her. I had become very self-confident since then, and I had something of a retinue of followers. But there was that single flaw, the girl I had once liked, who had made my life even shitter than it already was. My mind created this story that she was going to come after me and kill me, like she was some demon, and though I didn't fully believe it, I went to the extent of writing a testament to my family and friends. Days before the day I believed she would come after me, everyone at school started to hate me, including my closest friends. Of course, I didn't die that day. But, I did see her. Back when we were in primary school, whenever we were close to each other after she knew I had liked her, we'd always move away from each other, and when I decided to go in front of the place I thought was her house on the day I was supposed to die, I saw a girl running away. Checking behind her. Like she somehow recognized me, though my hair was 20 times bigger. Like I scared her off. Yeah, she was probably just freaked out as fuck, but it's still weird. I came out of the whole thing a lot more wiser, and happier, but the whole thing was, kinda irrational. I still don't know if it was all real today. Scary AF though. My friend's house was completely destroyed in a tornado. She lived in a row of about six houses completely in the middle of the country, nothing else around for a few miles. Tornado went straight through those six houses in a line. She said it was the loudest thing she had ever heard, can't remember how she described the sound. She said the scariest part was things brushing up against the windows and scraping them, the finally shattering one by one. The worst part was her brother slept though almost all of it. He woke up about halfway through. He ran down into the basement, and as he was going down the stairs a piece of rebar missed, decapitating him by about six inches. After it all ended, they looked at his room and and so much shit went through his bed, which stayed in place, that he most likely would have died. His bed looked like it got hit with multiple buck and bird shots. She also said one of the worst parts was seeing her animals outside, and they didn't know what was happening. She had some horses in the backyard, and could see them from her location in the basement. Luckily, the horses were okay and eventually found shelter in their barn. A few days after, my friend invited us over to look at the damage, and it was one of the scariest things I have ever seen, and I wasn't even in the house when it happened. The house backed up to a high power line, and one of the towers was destroyed. When you walked into what would have been the kitchen, You could see them working on that tower, and that was really scary. It was about a 200 feet, mangled mess of a tower. With lights shining up at it. Looked like something in a movie. Tornadoes are not to be fucked with. (laughs) Not sure if this is the scariest cause I don't typically dwell on things. But it's one that I remember because it's recent lol. So I usually don't leave my house like at all I'm a homebody lol, however, on one fateful evening slash night I decided to go and buy a snack at the store near my house. The street that I live on literally has no street lights so you need a flashlight to be able to walk out to where it's more lit. It's also kinda of further from the central town area so it gets darker the further you are. It's more rural-ish. Anyway, the night was just setting in by the time I arrived at the store. While picking out my bag of chips, I noticed a man at the front staring at me through my peripheral vision. I was immediately uncomfortable and so I moved around the aisles to see if his stare would waver but it didn't. I didn't dare look at him though. I pretended that I didn't notice, and ignored him completely. However, when checking out I noticed him still staring at me. I kept glancing back after I left because something just felt extremely off about that situation. So I wanted to test and see if he would still be watching me after I left. As I got further from the store I saw him exit after me and got on his motorcycle, but he didn't move. He turned it on and revved it a couple times but still didn't move. He was literally looking down the road, the very direction that I was walking. Now, thank God I don't live very far from the store because now I was aware that he was definitely watching me. But he doesn't know how close it was, it looked like he was waiting to see where I would go. And I was right because the minute I turned left into the corner of where my house is, I stopped and peeked through the bushes. He immediately headed into the direction I just went before I turned. It looked like he waited until I turned the corner to see where I was going before he decided to move. Now, in my head, I was like, holy shit, I'm about to die or get raped or something if I don't start running. And my house really isn't even that far but it's one incredibly dark street and I could hear his motorcycle coming from behind me, slowing down. I began walking faster and faster than before towards my home and still it felt so far away because so much can happen in the matter of seconds. I was now a block away from my house and I felt the motorcycle right behind me. I quickly pointed my phone's flashlight right in his face so I could see him. He was apparently craning his head towards me but immediately turned his face away and sped up right after I did that. I have no idea what the hell that was or what could have happened but my sister thinks that maybe he thought I was recording him and got scared. Maybe I blinded him? I have no idea how to even process that night. Was it even what I thought it was? (laughs) When I was 19, my dad tried to kill me. For some context, I am adopted and ever since I was a little boy my adopted dad always hated me. He said he only wanted daughters and not a son. All throughout my childhood and even until I was 19 my dad would abuse me. He would hit me all the time and say horrendous things to me. He never liked me. One day I was chillin' in my room, and he came up to me and started yelling at me because I didn't pull the weeds out of the backyard good enough. He then proceeds to grab my hair and start shaking me. I finally had enough of it, and I pushed him off of me. He fell down, and then the next thing I knew, we were in the front yard fist fighting. I've never fought anyone in my life, and it was so scary. He then realizes that he's not going to win, because he's way older than me. So he grabs an aluminum baseball bat from the garage and starts swinging for my knees. Then somehow he pushes me on the ground and starts punching me in the face while he's plopped on top of me. I was only about 170 at the time, and he was at least 260. I had to use one hand to hold him back from hitting me with the bat, and then I had the other hand trying to gain enough strength to push him off of me. Luckily after a couple of minutes that adrenaline strength paid off and I pushed him off of me. I then grabbed the bat and I called him a C. I then left the house for 6 months, because I wasn't going to call the cops, because I have a little nephew whose favorite person is my dad. So I didn't want my nephew to grow up without a grandpa, but if I would've given up, I think I would've died that day. Now I am in the army, and my dad actually calls me his son and is proud of me. We are okay now, but I will never forget the horror and PTSD he has put me through. This story takes place on a walking trail in the small northern California town I grew up in. I got off after midnight at the -the jack-in-the-box I was working at and would go running after work if I didn't have time before I went in. I drove five minutes over to the trail, having changed into my black sweats and black hoodie and stretched for a few minutes. Why all black? It just happened to be what I had grabbed walking out the door and the trail is away from vehicle traffic so visibility isn't a huge issue, especially since there's no one on the trail this late Usually, I finished stretching and popped in my earbuds and threw on my hood. I get a quarter mile into my run and it's pitch black my eyes are barely starting to adjust to the low light of the small sliver of visible moon. Fear is creeping into my mind, I have music playing but I can't help but feel vulnerable given the time of night and semi-isolated location. I try not to give into it and focus on keeping my pace, when suddenly someone wearing all black comes into focus running 10 feet away coming right for me. I instinctively reacted by instantly slowing down, and moving quickly to a defensive stance. The man wearing all black does the same, moving quickly into a defensive stance with equal haste. Two seconds, which felt like forever, go by and we both realize we're both out for a late night run, didn't expect to see anyone, wearing all black, had headphones in, and scaring the absolute hell out of each other. A quick sorry from both of us, and we went our separate ways. About five or six years ago I was running an after-school program with a colleague when we hear over the PA code blue, active shooter on property. We were in the library which is a big open room in the center of the building. We were able to get the kids into a side office but it was one of those rooms with a glass door in which you could see everything. I shoved some boxes of paper in front of the window, tore off some of the black construction paper off the billboard then the two of us pushed a bookshelf in front of the door. We hoped it looked like a supply closet. Throughout the process we could hear pops in the distance. We ended up spending two hours in that room with our backs pressed up against the bookcase. Apparently we did too good a job at disguising the room as the police couldn't find us. I found out later that when I texted our location to the principal she gave the location to the SWAT team sweeping the building for the shooter and us. They were moving groups to the gym as they found them, they never found us. They couldn't even find the room with a map, not sure how that makes me feel. They did tell the parents they were in contact with me via text and all of the kids were safe but by that point I turned all sound off on my phone. Didn't want to tip off a shooter, and didn't notice when the principal called me when the officers couldn't find us. Sadly one kid did die elsewhere on the property on his way to pick up his brother. The shooter got him then ran into the building to hide firing at anyone he saw. The police never found him and my best guess is that he ran through the building and then through the woods behind our school. Had this happened to me when I was 6, so not sure if it was real or just a hyper-realistic dream. As a kid I had difficulty falling asleep because I was a stupid, breathing ball of energy at the time. I was awake at around midnight or past it and I was playing with my shadow on the wall, as the bed was positioned in such a way that the moonlight from my bedroom window fell nearly directly against the wall behind me. I remember waving my hand shadow and thought that was enough of that. After keeping my hand back down, I noted that the shadow of my hand on the wall was still waving, and when I raised my hand back up, the shadow was still waving. I wasn't scared, but actually more confused, so I went to my window to see if there was something outside. Nothing. I look back to see I as a whole don't have a shadow, but the hand is still waving. I became an even more confused and tried investigating the window a bit more until I gave up and went back to my bed puzzled. As I laid on the bed I noticed the shadow hand was gone, and my normal shadow was present. I thought okay that's finally done, don't need to worry anymore, but I turned back to the wall in front of me to see a huge hand shadow creeping up the wall towards me slowly. It was then that I lost my shit and started screaming out of pure panic. I started reciting any prayer I knew as a child and tried waking my brother up who was on the bed right beside me, but he isn't waking up no matter how hard I try to. I keep screaming my lungs out as the hand moves towards me until my mom, dad and grandma come into the room and switch on the light. The hand promptly disappeared and my parents asked me wtf was all the screaming for. I tried my best to explain through snot and tears, and I ended up sleeping with them in their room that night. After that night I always make sure to close my window curtains to not any moonlight through to this day. I am now 19 and don't plan to keep that curtain open be it a bad dream or not. I was hitchhiking in Vancouver Island, heading for a town about 2 hours south to get a ferry to an island and got picked up by a guy in a 75, approximately, Mustang. After making some pleasant chit chat, where are you from? That kind of thing, the guy started telling me where he was from then asked did you hear about that family in underscore town? Where two of them got shot and killed. And I replied no, I didn't. Oh, that's my family he said, yeah, I'm feeling pretty messed up about it. I immediately felt a little tense and shifted in my seat a bit. I tried to change the subject a bit by commenting on his car and how cool I thought it was. He agreed and started going on about how when you rev the engine you can really feel it in your ass. Again, slightly unsettled, I changed the subject again to one of British Columbia's great products aka weed. And asked if he wanted to share some of the small amount I had on me. Oh sure, he said. Phew, I thought, things are going to calm down. Then so, I once got caught with a huge bag of weed, indicates with his arms the size of a bin, trash bag, by the police and ended up going to prison for it he says. Oh dear, I said. Yeah, he continued it was supposed to be for 6 months but I ended up staying in for 5 years because I stabbed someone. I was by now feeling the effects of the strong BC but we had started to smoke, including some light paranoia, while contemplating the fact that I was sitting across from a guy who'd just told me he'd done 5 years in prison for stabbing someone, and I was about 30 minutes into a 2 hour ride with him. Needless to say, I didn't accept his offer to go to the casino and gamble with him when arriving at the destination port town. I didn't catch the ferry that night either, but checked into a safe-looking, hostile, and breathed a huge sigh of relief when I closed the door to my room behind me. There was this time when my cousins, grandma, my siblings, my mom and I went to the zoo. We were expecting a great day ahead with no worries, just spending the day together. But then after a while of walking and looking around, my grandma wanted to rest so she sat on a bench nearby. Beside her were a group of men in their late 20s. The rest of us just walked around the place, talking to each other but I also noticed that the group of those guys were looking at us in a very lustful way my cousins, siblings, and I were all under 14 and I was the oldest, and this made me very uncomfortable because I had to take responsibility of anything that happened to us. My grandma and mom were in a deep conversation through the whole day that they didn't notice the fact that these men started following us after we decided to continue our walk. About a minute or so later, we stopped to look at a certain animal I don't clearly remember as all I was focused on was the series of whistling that were heard behind us. Then one of my cousins, who was the second oldest of us, whispered to me that the group of men were staring daggers at our backs. I was freaking out so much and she just laughed it off. I was too scared to even tell my mum about it because I thought she might scold me, I'd for what, I was 14 at the time. So I just kept quiet throughout. So later, I decided to take the lead, walk right in front so that my grandma and mum, who were walking super slow while immersed in their conversation, would be the ones between me and those creeps. I tried taking different turns as there were so many paths and I just wanted them to get lost in the crowd and stop following us. So many turns later, I met a dead end with only one door displaying the exit sign. So I had to turn back anyway. And when I did, the creeps are standing like a few feet away from us, staring at us with smirks. And no one else was in that path as it was leading to the exit. So it was just us and those men here. As for my grandma and mom, they still hadn't noticed anything yet. So I boldly turned around and walked past those creeps without making eye contact and didn't stop until I scampered very far from there. My cousins and siblings had to jog to keep up. My mum and grandma were really slow as always. But all I ever had in mind back then was to get rid of these guys. We ran deep into the crowd, even crossed a bridge to get to the other side of the river just to make those guys stop following us and when I turned around to look. They were still following us, with sinister smiles on their faces. I remember wanting to cry so badly but I held my tears back. I noticed them suddenly stop at the foot of the bridge on the other side and that's when they eventually stopped following us. It was then a huge wave of relief hit me and we continued our strolling in ease. It's been 4 years and this still haunts me. My cousin and I still talk about this from time to time but the rest of my cousins and my siblings doesn't know this to this day.